0: turned me into a homo, And you can't piss
1: on hospitality. I won't allow it! Roll, roll, roll your boat, you get me down the stream. You take them to bed with you, too, and I don't believe in group sex. If my father discovers you here, he cannot hear you, and I can eat them. Me, Grandpa, dance here! Do you want them, Joshua? Hey everyone,
0: welcome back to Sleezoids, the podcast where we go down the rabbit hole of 20th century genre fare from the most influential canon classics to the trashiest exploitation films we can get our hands on and invite you to tag along in helping us create a canon of sleaze. Each week is a double-feature, Grindhouse-style, where we discuss two films loosely related by subject, genre, actor, filmmaker, or franchise, and at the end of each episode, along with our honorary sleazoids, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon, we decide on the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover. Patreon subscribers also get an on-air shout-out and two bonus episodes a month, which there are a few of now. Yes. We got two or three bonus episodes available for you guys, so you got a back catalog for subscribers. Uh, So for the warm feeling inside of supporting the show... We recommend becoming a fellow Sleazoid over at patreon.com slash podcast. Oh, and I guess all those bonus episodes. That's yeah. that's the other that. That'd part be a that. good perk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's your plug for the week. Oh, wait, no, iTunes. I, f- I keep yeah. forgetting the <laughs> iTunes one. Guys, you. you guys have been listening uh, for a little bit. We know there's a bunch of you over on iTunes. I've oh, yeah. seen you. I, you know you, we, we know think, yeah I, I see those stats uh, if you guys while you're listening on iTunes could just head on over and give us a good old rating and even a review uh, that would be awesome for us helps us climb the ranks over there and we will read your review on the show yes uh, when we see it. Thanks again for tuning in for another week, uh, free listeners. You guys would have last heard from us two weeks ago. Yes, we did. and two weeks ago we had good old Danny Bose on. Oh yeah, uh, he fun. brought with him a oh, nice. mi- <laughs> he brought on with him a Michael Douglas double feature of uh, Basic Instinct and Black, Black Rain. Rain. Uh, Best flow in the eighties, yeah. Michael Douglas. Oh, it was a real good time. Uh, so if you guys haven't checked that episode out yet, definitely go back and check that out. And going off of Danny's paul verhoeven selection for patrons you guys would have heard from us a week ago where we talked the terminator and robocop yes uh which was uh
2: i don't i don't even need to tell you
0: (laughs) those are some wild films to talk about uh so for patrons uh you guys would have heard us there but this week we have another special guest on uh we've have shannon or strucci movies for those of you follow her excellent video essay series shannon how are you doing
1: i'm doing great thanks for having me on
0: Oh, thanks for coming on. So, you brought with you two very special films, uh, <laughs> neither of which I have seen, which is the first time someone's brought on two films I haven't seen. Yeah, I've uh, seen
2: I've <laughs> seen the, the doc, but I haven't seen the movie. Or uh, right, before this, of course.
0: Yeah, so what films have you brought with you, Shannon, and why have you paired them together?
1: <laughs> I brought uh, the 1990, I think, film uh, Troll 2. In the documentary that was made about Troll Two, uh, like about twenty years later, called Best Worst Movie, and I paired them up because I mean it's a pretty natural pairing. It wasn't like of that course. much of a stretch. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. laughs> it's
1: a little self-explanatory, um, and I think what they both inform each other uh, a lot. It's fun to watch them as like a double feature. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's necessary to watch both. <laughs> I don't think you just watch the document. You can't really fully understand what the happens. <laughs> Yeah, what you can't understand what happened because everything's taken not that the context helps that much but <laughs> yeah. know, the screen stuff in context of the uh, because as mentioned in the documentary troll Two is a really terrible movie but it's like competently made but nothing makes it like so you're looking at a film and it's shot well or fairly well you know like low budget whatever and there are actors in it and uh, you can understand what's going you know but it doesn't your brain just sort of locked up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it definitely helps because the documentary shows a lot of people who are very high on a special kind of experience. And if you haven't actually experienced it, uh, that definitely helps you (laughs) understand uh, the sort of cultural phenomenon that it's turned into. So yeah, this was a really fun uh, double to bring. Uh, I hadn't seen either. So it was really interesting. I had heard, I had, I had seen, uh The room, and I had heard its name mentioned in a similar light. So yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, you,
2: you probably heard the the meme, the oh my god. And meme, I, right? I had definitely that, that seen the big. oh
0: my god clip on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, that got a ton pretty big
2: on the <laughs> internet. That's <laughs> how oh I heard of it. Yeah, I saw
1: that <laughs> years before I saw the movie. I think.
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. I saw so many clips of the film before I watched it in its context, and I gotta say, it, like watching it with its context <laughs> was a whole different experience. Oh, it, yeah. it must be done. Yeah. It's just, it's it was crazy. A, yeah. it was a lot of fun.
1: Cause there's a lot of stuff people don't even think to like bring up. There's yeah. a lot of weird homoerotic stuff and small, very, very small scenes. There's a lot of, cause you can't, Condense it all down. Every couple of minutes, there's something really, really strange happening.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's just like I, you don't know where their brains were when <laughs> that thought began. Uh, it's
0: it's, yeah.
2: it's it's truly mesmerizing.
0: This week, normally on the show, we break. Uh, each film up into its own segment, and we talk about each separately. Trying to, and we, you know, we hope that together the two segments kind of bring us to a greater whole on why these were brought together. But mm-hmm. these two films are so <laughs> integral to each other and so interconnected that we felt uh, separating them. Didn't make much sense for conversations, since a lot of conversations we're going to have surrounding Troll 2 are going to be conversations that are also in the documentary and that deserve to be had about the documentary as well. So we're going to enter one big segment this week, which is a little different for us, where we're going to be talking about both uh, the 1990 film Troll 2 and the 2009 documentary about the making of Troll 2 directed by the uh, child actor who starred in Troll 2, Best Worst Movie. Uh, So what do you say? Get into it. Yes, let's do this. Troll two. (laughs) All right.
3: Goblins
0: don't
2: exist. Goblins don't exist. Ah! And remember.
0: Anyway, you'll have a lot of fun with clips of this one. I can't <laughs> wait to make the theme music I for must this. do it. I must. <laughs> yeah. so much.
1: There are so many different...
0: <laughs> wait, what's the line about hospitality? You, do, you, you can't, can't piss, piss all on hospitality. hospitality. I won't
1: allow it. I won't allow
3: it.
0: All right. So we are talking Troll 2, the 1990 horror film slash uh, eventual comedy film <laughs> directed by Claudio uh, Fragasso. Fragasso, the Italian filmmaker, yeah. uh, sort of a, a B movie filmmaker who made uh, you know a lot of a lot of schlock in the eighties. I haven't investigated it myself, but I'm sure there's some stuff worth uh, checking out. Yeah, I think I might because if there's anything we're gonna say about Troll Two. It's not poorly, I mean, d- we'll define directed maybe, sure, but sure. it's not a poorly made film. Shannon mentioned before we started the show that it is a surprisingly competent film, especially <laughs> yeah. considering, uh, you know, this phenomenon as the worst movie ever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you on know, on a
2: technical level, there's some some pretty cool. Parts and yeah, honestly. the
0: cinematography is is really not bad. Some of the design work isn't isn't bad. It's just it is a I would I would say it's a baffling film in <laughs> in execution and maybe in terms of script. Yeah, this, uh, the the dialogue yeah. especially is
2: just like an American person did not write this. <laughs> that's
0: just, so we're talking that's clear. <laughs> we're talking this film and we're also going to be uh, talking in this segment about the documentary about the making of Troll Two, best worst movie that was directed by the child actor. Who starred in Troll 2 and there's a lot of interesting nuggets of information about the making of Troll 2 in that film and which will describe, uh, which will help us kind of unravel the actual (laughs) film itself. Yeah. uh, Because I didn't know that until I watched the documentary and it actually clarified for me hugely what's happening in this film. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Was that the entire crew was Italian, and that it was two Italian filmmakers, uh, the both the director and uh, the screenwriter. And is the screenwriter his wife? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yes. and so they wrote an English-language, American specifically, a very—they <laughs> yeah. tried to make a very American— Uh, Exploitation horror film about the family Like I was even like No this
2: is how Americans talk
0: (laughs) I know how Americans talk Yeah Yeah. and that the actors were like Do you want us to make it more natural in the dialogue And he's like no you're going to (laughs) say These exact words this is America This is American." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that will clarify For anyone who watches Troll 2 Either if you have seen it Or if you're going to watch it after you hear this Yeah that should give you a good lens to view what is happening here and might make it a little less baffling yeah, to you. Yeah, for real.
2: And just uh, before we get into kind of the uh, the plot and the maybe specifically the, the lead guy. Yeah, as the well. plot. Yeah, um, yeah. the yeah, plot. <laughs> uh, I found it interesting when they're doing the opening credits, uh, the director, it says that it's directed by a Drake Ford not claudio I didn't even what's <laughs> that shannon do you yeah, have, shannon, any, do you have insight any insight to that because
0: i can find <laughs> I, it my
1: assumption is like we don't want to put an italian guy's name on this uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, i mean for real if distributors or whatever you know like oh this is not an italian it's not an art film it's not a foreign film we want people to because i mean that's yeah. the whole thing too is there's no there are no trolls in the movie yeah <laughs> no yep. they, but they marked it there was a film called troll and yeah. i think
0: and this film has I, nothing to do with it, right? That's the I that's the key dude, is. I think the
1: first one has Sonny Bono in it. <laughs> <So you laughs> I really? that. it's like a crappy horror movie with trolls or whatever. I've never seen it. I'm never going to see it. Um, but, but these ones but are not
0: trolls. These are specifically goblins, and that and the film was supposed to be goblins. called Goblins.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it was originally called Goblin, and I think it was probably some studio marketing thing of people recognize the film troll. We're going to call it troll too, and obviously the cover has that. It's not michael stevenson i think his name is the kid actor is not on the cover,
2: <laughs> Who's the oh yeah, on the cover? Right, that's right the
1: cover has nothing to do with the movie
2: amazing <laughs> 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 they just wanted like That the was the just their genius the marketing like. <laughs> you what this was just genius marketing they were like <laughs> they, <laughs> we wanted, they wanted they wanted to get the movie yeah, seen. yeah that's and it then,
0: and then unsuspecting people being like oh what troll 2 hell? uh <laughs> yeah. I'm going I guess I'll blind check that out and yeah. then they yeah they get this which is super interesting. So I guess let's get into the actual meat of the film. Um, some of the plot I guess yeah, uh, hold on. Let me break this down. Let this me is going to be and, difficult for yeah, us compared okay. to other movies. So I actually, the, the screenwriter who talks about the film in her documentary, uh, actually made sense of the plot more to me because the watching the movie, I couldn't make the, sense of what was happening. The vegan thing, yeah, or the and then she was like, thing? I moved to America and I had all these annoying vegetarians <laughs> telling me to become a vegetarian. So she made a movie where there is these vegetarian goblins who just look vaguely like people, but really creepy people. Yeah. (laughs) One specifically has like wide methed out eyes. Yeah. And they, they are just going to disintegrate the American family by literally turning them into vegetation that they can then eat Eat. by, by feeding them green food that turns them into vegetables. Yeah. And that's, that's the main, that's the main thrust of it. (laughs) But there's also a grandpa who's dead, but alive. And has and like, From the very beginning, like from the o- opening dead. moments.
1: His ghost grandpa comes in the mirror, but he's in the wrong room. <laughs> yeah. But then he's there with Grandpa! <laughs> grandpa says! <best. laughs>
2: and he has like odd powers. It seems like all his powers, every single time he, he's about to give the kid like some time to think of a plan or whatever. He's always like, you have 30 seconds <laughs> or you have one minute. I'm like, why no one's established how, like, are you just giving him 30 seconds? Like, like why don't you give him more time? He's yeah. Like there's, there's,
0: there's no stakes. The goblins aren't chasing <laughs> yeah, him right like,
2: now. Or anything. You just froze time man. Is that just the limits to your power? But the movie never <laughs> even bothers
0: to acknowledge it. It's fantastic. But where, where do they, where do they travel to? Because um, there, there's Mil-Bog? the kid, there's there's the very good, there's just the very traditional American family. There is the the nuclear family. Yeah, there's yeah. There's the young boy. There's the sister. There are the two parents. And yeah. for some reason, the mom's favorite song is "Row, row, 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 row your, your boat." <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, "Why? Like that is definitely what an Italian thinks of an American mom."
2: Yeah, <laughs> so- yeah. <laughs> it's a good old
0: wholesome American song. <laughs> row, row, row your boat. <laughs> But why are they traveling to Nilbog? Is there something about it?
1: Because you, when you vacation, you you trade. You, it's like a transfer student, but with houses. It doesn't make any sense. Because a creepy goblin family comes to their house, and they go to Nilbog. Oh, so that's the
0: goblins at the end? Oh, I'm going to figure out what this movie was about. I've it. seen this movie a bunch of
1: times. It's just that, yeah, it's that uh the family. You find, it's like, oh, they were goblins too. They have the little thing on their face.
0: Somehow I right. totally oh, missed right, another right. family staying in their. Yeah, because they, cause while they, they left. have
2: like that little, like each of them have like a little scab on their face yeah, looking yeah, thing, yeah. and it's the apparently scab they're that looks like
1: goblins. A <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But it's
1: they're trading how it doesn't make any sense, but they're like trading houses with this family, and that's how they're going on vacation or something.
0: Okay, so there. I it's forget a, how it's worded in the movie. It's a it's a cheapo vacation where you both just like go to a different place for a week.
2: Which definitely, I don't know if that's a thing where you just like
0: trade houses. Yeah, honestly, it sounds like a thing, like, but. but it
2: doesn't. It seems like I thought the way that they presented it was that it was a way so they didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, I thought that, so I, maybe that maybe sense. it's a thing. I just wouldn't <laughs> trust to trade with a, like a stranger. And they look so
1: creepy even at the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's so creepy fan. The kid has like the, I saw this a couple months ago, and I have I've seen it so many times. I didn't rewatch really it more recently, but it's like he's got like a newsboy cap on or something. The kid, I remember his face. So crazy.
3: Yeah.
2: And then they just so kind of have this so weird <coughs> <laughs> and then they just kind of have this weird moment where the, the family just kind of like the, the dad's trying to interact with them, even though they're clearly just leaving and and not interacting with them at all. But he just j- for some reason continues. He's like, guys, like, hello. <laughs> How are you? Like, he just keeps going. I'm like, dude, they're weird. Just leave. Just stop yeah. interacting with them. The so I, pacing is so odd at times. Yeah, it's so crazy. I guess we, we
0: can get into some of that, too. So the dad is played by George Hardy. And George Wholesome Hardy American plays Man. a very central <laughs> role in the documentary since he seems the most sort of, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's the most accomplished, but he, he seems very, he's the most joyful and the most, Engaged with the experience of the cult phenomenon yeah. that came with Troll 2, which I guess we'll get into because the documentary, what happened with Troll 2 is it was so bad <laughs> and that people discovered it because it was so bad and they kept sharing it with their friends and having one more person yeah. over and another person yeah. over being like, you gotta so see this. So parties movie.
2: formed essentially.
0: <clears throat> and it seems like the way that the marketing worked where they didn't explain what the film was actually did work for the film because people discovered it. And then they felt like they were in on a secret. Like they found Mm. some sort of secret uh, (laughs) society. Society, (laughs) And they're like, I got to get all my friends in on this. And then obviously (laughs) obviously with the rise of the internet where people can connect online and they can set up screenings and they can do this sort of thing. All of these people shared a love of, Watching this horribly <laughs> terrible film, uh, and it got obviously to the cast members, including George Hardy, yep. uh, and that's what the, where the documentary kind of picks up is with the the sort of legacy of this film. And how you know it's it it never got released in theaters, but now it's playing on theater screens and on on projectors just because uh, of such uh, you know an experience of joy that it seems to be giving people maybe not necessarily intentional but one nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Um, and
2: I guess is like that that's one of the biggest questions I think that comes with this film is like if you're this entertained by it, is it. <laughs> Is it all that bad? I mean, no. I don't know. The, I think the only reason that this was so entertaining was because they tried so hard. And you can tell, like there's a lot of passion involved in this film, even though it's not, it, it, I don't know, it's not wrapped around the biggest of talents. Oh yeah, there was know? nothing
0: more revealing for me in the documentary than when the director defended it.
2: Because yeah, I was like, yeah.
0: I was like, mm. that that is how you know that, because he still thinks that it's a good film. He's like, I made a <laughs> film. and or he
1: says that.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but that I know I know the Margot's actress is comparing it to Casablanca, she's obviously sincere or at least in some kind of I don't know. I don't think she's being full of herself. I think she just has problems. Yeah. Like Claudio the- my I mean Hopefully, Claudio would understand why people think it's silly.
0: Yeah, it it, it doesn't. I don't know if, if it makes clear maybe outside of the documentary, but in the documentary, it didn't seem like he understood because I don't. I don't think. He, I guess. I guess because it's American, I, I he probably just doesn't see what's different than his Italian B movies. Yeah, and and I, I think that that's where it comes in is that this this sort of. The way that his we interact with it, yeah. The way that his story and style has translated to an American setting, I don't think he realizes the the absurdity of it, which is maybe why he wouldn't immediately connect. Yeah. But obviously, when he sat in those screening rooms and heard people laugh, and he was like, "They're laughing at the unfunny bits," right? And uh, that, that was something that like, it's kind of sad, actually. Yeah, <laughs> in a, yeah, in a way. But
2: he also seems. I mean, by the end, he you can tell that he's, he's much more aggravated yeah. than than the. The rest of them, especially, and uh, and even at the beginning, because at the beginning it almost seemed like because there was. Praise being given to him and and the cast in the movie whatever he he kind of accepted a little bit of the irony that was involved in the love for it yeah but then as the film went on and the actors were like oh this was a ridiculous day on set and all this stuff <laughs> he just started to just you know not enjoy himself anymore oh I, I
0: loved in the documentary when the kid had them doing all the reenactments oh that yeah they went back Those to know were- <laughs> and they were doing the reenactments and on like and all of the actors are redoing this shit and obviously they get. That it's funny. They get that it's funny now. Yeah. Uh, And so they're cracking up, just reenacting the scenes from their own movie being like, this is so absurd, like thinking about this now. And the director is just being like, stop laughing,
2: stop laughing. (laughs) It's a serious moment. You're a serious (laughs) actor. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's so funny.
0: Yeah, so that that was a great part. Um, But yeah, the stuff with Margot... Is where the documentary gets a little. Uh, it, it, it veered into. I don't, And you know, it's probably. I don't know if it was the intent, but it gets a little just odd because she doesn't seem all there. No. Um, no. and no, she's
1: clearly got like severe. Her and the store owner, although he seems a lot better than he was when they shot it. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. <So, like>, guy <laughs> well, who yeah, plays just, the store good owner. Good character arc he's, there. He's very yeah. open. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be doing a lot better. Yeah. About, like, I was very disturbed I wanted to kill that Annoying kid I guess he didn't realize the director Of the movie that he's probably talking to is a kid
3: Yeah um, that, was <laughs> the be-
2: that was one of the Best parts like yeah, I'm he- like dude that guy's Behind the camera right now yeah, that's, yeah. Oh man that's hilarious He's being like hey oh, man force, I, genuinely kid- <laughs> <murdered you." Yeah. laughs> I genuinely almost murdered you I genuinely almost Force fed you pudding yeah. <laughs> until you died
1: <laughs> Yeah and Margot and I They are kind of making fun of her But they're also just sort of presenting her as she was I don't know it's funny when she's like deluded into thinking that she was in Casablanca but then later on when she's talking about the noises she hears and wanting to go away and stuff it's like oh yeah it's kind of
2: it kind of turns into like some of the editing is almost like it, it felt like I was watching uh, an episode of The Office or something like the oh one my scene, god yes right like when the, the one scene especially where they're doing the reenactment of the the car scene and, it zooms and then they in on the, zoom grandma. the grandma just like having a headache that was The Office like the the zoom in the everything I was like this is a mockumentary like this is <laughs> this is crazy uh like it's it's Perfect. so bizarre that that it, that's a real documentary in a sense, and that this is a real movie that that came to be. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because
0: obviously the kid, you feel like, or I guess he's not even a kid when he made the the child actor who grew up mm-hmm. and made the documentary. He obviously wasn't didn't know exactly what he was going to have when he started bringing people together. Um, yeah, yeah. And what's interesting about the documentary is sort of this the synthesis of of obviously twenty years have gone by, and all of the people who were in this movie are in a lot of ways. Uh, just as weird as the movie itself, mm-hmm. and bringing them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all together, and you get these these really interesting interactions. And Margot is obviously a case and the obviously the guy who <laughs> was uh, had some issues actually on set and has since got better. Mm-hmm. But even even watching spending so long with George Hardy was really interesting because. He makes a big change throughout the film. Yeah, well, because uh, the director called him a dog, and yeah. by,
2: by by, and you but, can tell there was some real uh, animosity there. Well, I mean, see,
0: I, I felt more like he, he it didn't translate well, but I think he was just calling him like a golden retriever. I think, oh, I did, I, Mr. Yeah. Peanut Butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. happy and, and. I don't and, think that's
3: what. Yeah, he you was just like <laughs> he's
0: so happy, he's so energetic, and and it is willing to do whatever is, is asked of him in the sense of yeah. direction and stuff. The okay. choice to make him like so central to the documentary is a really important one and makes yeah. it a lot of fun to sit there and watch and experience all this with him. Mm-hmm. But what gets really interesting is when later on in the film, he starts doing, you know, he, he seems in on it as a bit of like a, this is a wacky thing I did back when like everybody check uh, it out. Look at me. This is so funny. Yeah. And then, but then he starts going to actual like nerd conventions with right. the film. Right. Uh, and he feels so <laughs> like, lost at sea <laughs> yeah. when he goes there and he's doing autographs and in in one particular case there's actually nobody there who even knows about the film that's the yeah. convention they do overseas right they go to the uk and just nobody there has even heard of the film oh
2: is okay i didn't know is that the one that, that he went to and nobody was yeah was in the UK yeah
0: oh, okay yeah, Bur-
1: birmingham birmingham oh, okay in the uk
0: Yeah, he goes over there and, like, he's being like, does anybody want my autograph? Yeah, have you heard of Troll 2? I was in a movie. Like, weird. Yeah, (laughs) and then I like when he starts... But he uh, slowly deflates, right? You watch that happen and you watch when you watch the dude who's such a joyous personality just, like, slowly be, like, figure out that, like... (laughs) What's amazing, too,
2: is he deflates with a smile on his face the whole time still. Like, even as his,
0: like, kind of... I don't want to say
2: his... Because it's not like his dream is being crushed by any means, but it's almost like... That fog of of like <laughs> excitement that he had about his newfound fame. I feel like it's that guy could be excited
0: being tortured. Like I feel like <laughs> He'd just...
2: be like, "Well, I mean, you guys, you guys mean whales. So I mean, whatever, right? <laughs> like, yeah, he, he's he's just so happy and, and wholesome. But what I found interesting too is when he started talking to the uh, the old stars of like Nightmare on Elm Street four. Yeah, and and that's what they do. They just <laughs> For twenty years, they've just been the star of Nightmare on Elm Street four, and that's all they yeah. did. And yeah. he kind of th- saw a sadness. Yeah, in he that. feels sadness. About yeah, because he's yeah. like, well, I got you know what? I actually have a a dentist that's doing well, and you know, I, and a, I, I progress every and day. And that they like me. Really and enjoys. My so presence. it's like, what am I doing? He kind of just has this <laughs> this epiphany, and it's really fascinating.
0: Yeah, Shannon, you mentioned the bit where he goes to the horror convention, which is one of the best moments in the documentary.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the uh, the part where he looks at the dude that looks like Hellraiser. And it's just like, <laughs> these people are weird. He's like, this, this is, is fucked this up. <laughs> is, like, who yeah. likes this shit? <laughs> yeah,
0: this is creeping me Honestly, out. Honestly, dude, the people here. who like your movie do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how they discovered it. They were looking for more movies like that. Yeah, exactly. Because
2: at the end of the day, this movie is a horror film, I guess, right? I mean, it, it tries. Yeah. Honestly. It has a, there's some <laughs> gore in it and stuff, too, which is pretty cool. <clears throat> uh,
0: having watched it for the first time for the show and hearing about you know, just word of mouth on it alone, I did not expect for this film to be as well made as it was. Yeah. That when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is like in, in another universe where they had someone do a redraft of the script. This is just an exploitation B movie. It's the exact kind of movie that we would talk about on this show. For sure. (laughs) It's
2: just, I think the difference, I guess, is the logic behind the characters' decisions and stuff, like even in B movies, you know they make some stupid decisions. They there's some wackiness, some craziness, but you kind of you get the there's like a tone to understand. With this movie, it's like it's they they just missed the mark. You know, they, it's obvious what they're going for isn't what comes comes onto the
0: screen. Yeah, I have one thing, especially I need to bring up because I think for for me uh, this is going to be like a, a kind of a weird admission, but like <laughs> I've. I've never really gotten into, like, hate-watching stuff like this. Okay. Even when my friends in high school were like, come on over, watch The Room, it's so fun. Like, I never got the fun of it. Yeah. And I, I felt really bad, because I was watching, when I was watching this documentary, I saw all these people love it, and I was just like, uh, for me, there's just never been, like, I've never had that experience watching a movie like this, but there is one moment in this film that I, I actually broke me, and I lost my mind. Oh yeah, And it was the bit where the lady, uh, the, the witch, or the, she she, she turns and she transforms into a seductress to try and seduce yeah, this yeah, teen. Yeah. Oh god! And she's got the black dress on, and she's you know she's it's very revealing. And the camera is just going up and down it, being like this teen, he's getting swept up, yeah. but she's holding a corn cob. <laughs> And my, my first thing was like, why is she holding a corn cob? And I yeah. thought that that would just be like a, like a, you know, to, a total, just random bit of like production design work where they were just like, whatever, hold a corn cob, like yeah. do that. It's somethings- but no, it is integral oh. to that scene and <laughs> made corn and, cobs sexy. Yeah. And she, she takes the corn cob and she, she puts, she puts it away in her dress for later and she walks into the rv with this with with this team and then she throws her leg up and she's like take a look at my leg and then she <laughs> she pulls the corn cob out, and what what's what does she say? What's their line? Does she uh, say like, you "Do know, you want? We should eat it, or we should?" I don't like it, together. It's, it's a second. And I'm now sorry. I'm not sure if the corn because it's not a green corn cob because the, throughout the rest of the film, all the other food is green, and that's what turns these people into vegetables. And I think she's trying to turn this dude into vegetable, but it just looks like a normal corn cob. But then yeah, and then she, she puts the corn cob in her mouth and his mouth and they're making out with the corn cob and the the dude says i love popcorn yeah. and i was really confused because i was like there's no way that you can make popcorn out of corn like out of a corn cob like what is he talking about yeah uh and then it kind of clicked in that maybe this is another uh, italians trying to understand american popcorn or something yeah. like i don't i don't i It didn't, I was so baffled by this whole sequence and then literal popcorn starts drowning them. And I was like
2: shooting everywhere.
0: And I I had to sit there and be like, why? Yeah. Like (laughs) that was my only response. Like I was actually broken. I was laughing hysterically. I couldn't believe it. But that for me was like the main moment in the film that did it. Some of the other stuff, that stuff that there's YouTube clips, like the, yeah. Oh my God. yeah, yeah. Like that bit actually in the context of the film, uh, especially with everybody, yeah. everybody else's performance being just as weird. It actually didn't stand out outside of like, Hi. you're right <laughs> to me. Uh, and it also, it also watching cuts
2: it. right away to <coughs> the next scene. So it's yeah. like that scene has kind of that. It's what they're, I think doing is like, it's the classic, ending to the scene. you yeah. know. So they just ended it. So that actually kind of worked in, in, in <laughs> tone. It's just like. It's still weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Because like that. He goes for it. So you know that they directed him. To hold the God. Which <laughs> which is amazing. There's no way that the actor was like. You know what? I'm going to do this. I, I doubt it.
0: Anyway. Well that's maybe the most baffling thing about the film. Is that you understand on every level. Because people a lot of time get on actors shit. For their performances. Yeah. And you have to understand a director is directing that performance yeah. and then they and, and they're yeah. being, yep, cut, we got it and putting it into the film. So all, of these, you. all of these yeah. performances, the director, I mean, maybe it also came from the fact that his English didn't get better until they filmed the documentary, Yeah, but like he was, he was just looking, he was looking to feel it in the performances and it didn't really matter <laughs> yeah. what they said. <laughs> <Yep>. And that <laughs> creates a real cognitive dissonance when you're watching it because <laughs> what they're saying is total nonsense. <laughs> but they are delivering it with feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I lost it, too, at the bit with the dad, the hunger pains. The oh, hunger my God. Because,
2: well, that is interesting because you, like, what what were they they going for? Clearly, they made you think that he's going to beat his son with the belt. That seems obvious to me, like it, because he he does he unhooks his belt and then the son says, and there's "What suspense. are you going to do yeah, to me?" Yeah, yeah, there's suspense. Yeah, there's some clear. I'm like, oh shit, shit, shit's gonna get real in this movie, and then. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's just, uh, no, we're just going to have to tighten our belt for hunger pains. And, and the family's going to have to do it But I love the way the he same. delivers
0: it, too. He's just like, I'm tightening my belt for hunger pains. And your, your mother so and your serious. sister are going to have to do it, too. Yeah, yeah. Like he's punishing him like, yeah. by tightening his own belt. Do you realize what you've done? <laughs> Is there any part in the film, Shannon, that really stands out to you? <laughs> that broke your brain? <laughs> I mean, I guess you watched this so many times that you might be, you might it's even you might have some distance from it at this point.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to remember the first time or the first couple times I watched it. I mean, the corn scene is up there. Doesn't the corn scene also start where he's like watching the TV and the like Bigfoot blasts off? Oh, you know what I'm talking oh, yeah, about? They're watching yeah. such, some inexplicable show where there's someone in a Bigfoot costume that like takes like rockets up into the sky. <laughs> this is um, what
0: Americans would watch. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: I one part that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough is where the little kid has to pee on the food and he's going, <laughs> I must do it. I must. And it's yeah. so weird. <laughs> like, um,
2: all he had to do was just, just like, knock the food knock out of him, their hands. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> anything else. he's. But I must do this. I must.
1: Or like warn them or there are a lot of, and then like a lot of the stuff towards the end. So in the scene where they're trying to force feed him, he, there's a skateboard in the attic of the church. Oh, yeah. The, what? <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: it falls. And then <laughs> that's how he gets
1: caught. Yeah. Um, I like the fact, what is it his dad is like when he sees that Nobog, is goblin falls backwards, George Hardy is reading like a vegetarian cookbook or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. And yeah. the scene where the guy gets in the car with the cop and the cop's are really creepy. They're just like that whole so strange oh,
2: he's Just like not about we the got pop. sandwiches yeah <laughs> <laughs> such a great line
0: yeah um, and I, I love when he's reading because you mentioned the cookbook bit where he's reading like the veg the vegetable or vegetarian cookbook uh yeah there is a very distinct like extreme close-up on the title of that book and I was like, oh, this is a really important thing. Yeah. And then it never comes back. And they're
1: yeah, <laughs> <a> vegetarian goblins. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I gotta say, I goblin. I are it actually kind of I kinda got it. Uh not because I think it was just me understanding what this director was going for, <laughs> but I before I watched the film I, <laughs> I I was reading just a couple of reviews on, on Letterboxd or whatever, and one person said that they thought it was Something that was actually for vegetarian. I don't know why, because I think it's very anti-vegetarian. And, and I mean, the screenwriter said it was, so, I mean, there you go. But uh, but then, so when I watched it and I was seeing all these kind of, you know, like, they, they turn them into plants and then they eat them. They they do yeah. all this. I'm like, this guy hates vegans. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this is about. <laughs> this, this dude just... Pretty
1: much that is the core of the movie. Uh, family is important and... Uh... Vegetarians mm. suck. Yeah. yeah.
2: Eat, eat burgers. And, and and especially those. No, a double-decker bologna yeah, sandwich. Double-decker That's what bologna, bologna you eat
1: sandwiches, that. yeah. I was about
0: to say. And those two themes like intersect because the whole film is that the family is being threatened by literal vegetarians that want to eat them. <laughs> yeah. And that they're, they're – he's basically found a way to make a cannibal horror horror film yeah. where the cannibals are vegetarians
2: <laughs> yeah it's and it's yeah it's very <laughs> odd too and then i mean then there's the the philosophical question of you know if if they're killing the humans and making them the plants are they really vegetarians there's mm. a lot of length mm. there's a lot of depth to this mm. i think that, that we're not getting into claudio, claudio would was agree a, with you exactly yeah. <laughs> claudio was a genius a
0: <laughs> secret genius oh man Okay, I have a question though, Shannon. What's happening in the opening scene of this? The bit where the oh, trolls are like chasing, just because uh, he's telling a story, right? Oh, the, the, gramp- the grandpa Seth narration. is telling a story, but it's well, ghost yeah, Grandpa the Seth with
1: the freckles that are clearly drawn on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know.
0: I <laughs> looked like Robin Hood or something.
1: I really don't understand how that fits in with the rest of the movie. Or like, why? I don't. <laughs> yeah, cause he, I guess because he. Like well, we gotta start a movie with something scary. They yeah, have dead grandpa.
0: Yeah, because then the mom comes in and is like, like, kid, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, Grandpa Seth is <laughs> reading him. me a story. And she's just like, Grandpa Seth is dead. You know this. You also <laughs> love her life. Banish
2: him from your mind. <laughs> she tells her, her own son to banish his grandfather from his mind because he's passed. I'm like, holy hell, that was savage shit. <laughs> Yeah. One, one part that uh, that got me absolutely, like, I was losing my shit was they were actually building some suspense when uh, the one dude that says the Oh My God line, uh, he gets turned into a plant. Yeah. yeah. And he has, befo- actually, before I do this, that guy had to stand in that plant thing for 14 hours. Yeah. Straight.
1: Yeah, they u- and- they used his shoes. They bolted his shoes to the plant.
2: They bolted the. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. missed that. Yeah, I don't no, totally. They, no, they, they, they said that in, in the, the documentary. Black
1: Converse high tops.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy, and and then I, and then yeah, Claudio was like uh, he kept complaining, so I put the mouthpiece <laughs> in his mouth, just like oh my god, like, dude, Claudio, oh my god, but anyway, uh, so that that scene when the when his friend finds him. It's actually kind of... I mean, it's still funny because it's Troll 2 and we're watching what we're watching. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, like, takes the mouthpiece out and there's, like, green blood that comes out. I'm like, oh, that was kind of creepy and kind of cool, you know?
1: It's like, ow! Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: I'm like, that scene. That was probably pretty painful. And then... Uh, but then it... So I'm like, you know what? There's kind of some suspense in this scene, a little bit. Well done there, I guess. And then instantly, the guy's like... Dude, drag my pot really quick. And then the guy, like, is they do a wide shot of him trying to drag the pot slowly out of the room. And it's the most funny, anti, like, suspenseful thing that they just ruin any bit of, like, tension that was in that scene. And I was losing my mind because he's just yelling at his friend, too. He's like, you got to go faster, man. And he can't move.
0: And it's just... It's 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 comedy gold Okay, yeah, we also gotta cause speaking of those two characters, we gotta talk about the the, the boys we, the, the weird homoerotic like camping trip. Every that day these of guys the week is on. for the boys on yeah. these guys. Yeah, yeah like like they <laughs> like the the bit especially where they're all just hanging in the RV and they're like, Okay, we gotta get the girl, we gotta get the girl to come hang out with us. And I was like, Okay, this is like this make this makes sense to me. Like I understand this is like teenage boys doing yeah, their it's doing their pie. thing. But then but then the next scene Is like three of them all in bed together, shirtless. Yeah, (laughs) and I was like, "Wait, what? Where? Something happened here." Yeah, and they won't
2: separate ever. Like, like the girlfriends, all the girlfriend requests is that it's just like, "Hey, could you just come for one weekend without your guy friends?" That's it. That's all you have to do. One weekend, and the guys like the guys like, "Yeah, I'll do that. No problem." Next thing you know, he's in the (laughs) RV with his whole crew. Like, it's just like this guy cannot. Get away from his buddies. It's, it's hilarious. They oh, definitely man. have a crush on each other. They're, they're, yeah. There's some some real love going on. They're there.
0: definitely all more interested in, in each other than they actually are in the, yeah. in the girl.
2: Yet every single time that they talk, it's just like, where are the girls, man?
0: Yeah. where are all those hot girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like none of their actions actually reflect any of the things that they're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> none of them. They're, oh, all, man. they're
2: also not like, uh, like you know, they, they act, their character has this kind of... Jockey bro dialogue and whatever, but none of them look like that at all. No, like they're they all dorky. The, yeah. yeah, they look kind of <laughs> dorky and like, and and it it's just so funny that they they're trying to do this like American Pie subplot and then they have just oh and then there's that line that I guess just further the. Further[s] the proof of this this possible mm-hmm. homoerotic uh, undertones or whatever, which is when he says uh, when she punches him in the in the balls and and he's just like, "What are you trying to make me a homo?" Uh, which yeah. makes no sense <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. it's like
1: and w- wait, well, what? What's, still, like, what does do. she say? Uh, My dad will cut off your little nuts and eat them. Or like that, and it involves his little nuts. Someone, I think it's for dad. George Hardy is gonna eat his little nut, cut him off, and she does this thing with her hands. And that's one thing in the documentary. They specifically said they brought. She was uncomfortable saying that. So oh, her and the, yeah. the male actor went to Claudio, and they were like, "Can we? Here we have something better, something more PG." And he's like, "No, it's American." Yeah, then- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was his response to everything.
1: Yeah, he's like, "But I'm an American girl. Wouldn't
2: I know it?" No, no, I know American. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, someone, someone says. I forget who says it in the documentary. Eventually, but someone says that Troll Two feels like. Like an uh, an American B movie that was made by aliens and <laughs> yeah, just tried uh, their best. <laughs> yeah, but they that they, they they watched. They they found a bunch of American films and they were like, "We're gonna make an American film." Yeah, uh, and it, it really does feel like that when you watch it. Oh, hundred percent. Because you just can't like a neural <laughs> network. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's, there's stuff being expressed in here, that's for sure. Oh, Which yeah. is better than I can say for some movies.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that, that was actually uh, <laughs> part of my, my little, you know, review. We'll get to the, the ratings still in a, in a bit here. But it was kind of just like, I sat there and I went, yes, this movie's bad, objectively, you know. But I was so much more entertained. I would watch this a hundred times before I would watch, like, the new Kingsman <laughs> or the new transformers or the you know yeah. what i mean like it, it's just i find i find this at least entertaining and i and i got something out of it whether or not it was intentional you know like right. especially with best worst movie cuz when they start when you when you see that and you kind of See the humanity behind the film, where it's like all these people just trying their best, and and some of them were in really tough spots in their life, and this was kind of an outlet in a yeah. sense too. It's 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 pretty uh, it's pretty awesome actually when you really yeah. Look so at I, it.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll we'll get it we'll get into this discussion because this is going to be the main this is the main crux of kind of best worst movie and of you know the the value in this kind of film in general
3: yeah um, yeah
0: which is what most people you know kind of kind of talk about cuz yeah again most people would kind of say that hey like radio
2: did too. <laughs> yeah, there's there,
0: there is a lot of entertainment here, and and what the best worst movie kind of captures is obviously the huge cult following that this film uh, gained, where people are like, yeah much more willing to watch something like this than they are. Right. Uh, you know, they get a the lot of franchise. Yeah, they get a, a lot of enjoyment uh, genuinely out of this, and. I think the film eventually sums up in its, in its, you know, closing statements, kind of that, like, you know, film especially is a very experiential medium, uh, Mm. one where, you know, a lot of the time it's not the story. It's not necessarily the direction or the performances. It is a feeling that's going to get out of you. Yeah. And, The fact that this movie has obviously made so many people feel a certain way makes it a success in its own way. For sure, um, yeah. and that's kind of the the argument that it that it makes. Uh, and Shannon, I I imagine since you brought this on the show, you 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 feel similarly.
1: Yeah, well, I think especially one. Of, I, I mean, I do video essays, and one of the main things I've been working on is like researching parasocial relationships, which are relationships one way relationships with like a a celebrity or a fictional character or whatever. And um there is something beautiful in all these people coming together for this supposed, you know, failure of a movie, but it it has so much weirdness and creativity in it and it was so sincerely put together. Um I'm I'm kind of all over the place here, but there's a Doc Hammer quote Doc Hammer, one of the guys who uh did the Venture Brothers, one of the showrunners. There's a quote of his I've always loved where he's talking about like you know, he can handle a a beautiful vision and he can handle a giant flaming disaster, but mediocrity is just horrible. Like if something is forgettable (laughs) or if it's something that's repeated forever, um, and troll two definitely stands out. It means a lot to all these people, but there's something deeply sad when that guy, the store owner guy says like the best, the only moment in his whole life where he felt like he was happy to be himself was on stage in front of a bunch of people who don't even know him or know anything about him. And George Hardy has this whole city of people who like love him. But for a while he's drawn to this sort of fake, ironic love from these mm-hmm. people. And I, I watched Troll too because I had seen the uh red Letter media's half on the bag on it half of the bag on yeah. it like years ago. And I think as Jay talks about it's like one of the best moments of realization he's ever seen caught on film where George Hardy's like, What are these people doing here? And then he's like, Wait, what am I doing here?
3: Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's why am
1: moment. I so high on this? And then, of course, they end the movie with him saying, of course I do Troll Theory. And it's like, oh, that's kind of dark and kind of sad. Yeah, it a is it's a great ending. That's why Best Worst Movie is so good, because it kind of honestly explores these different aspects of these people who are – it is something beautiful, but it's just like, please don't let this be the best moment of your life.
2: <laughs> it's
1: a <the> best-for-the-life. <laughs> uh...
2: I, I think maybe why they think that it is. I mean, I think if they dug deeper, especially, you know, George, he he – he at the end seems to realize that he truly does kind of love his life back home in a sense, Mm. like his dentistry and the people that respect him. He does still have a, uh, a want for, you know, a bit of that fame. Like you said, he was going to, he said that he wanted to do part three if, if it, if it goes Mm. down. But I I do think that if they were to, to really think about it, uh, I, I would hope that, they would think that what they've done within their lives that isn't exactly related to Troll 2 was still, still worth it. But yeah, I get what you're saying. The, the yeah. one guy that had uh, that moment where he was like, you know, being in Manhattan was my biggest accomplishment, just being praised. It's really sad. It's yeah. like that is because, yeah. I mean, you're just seeing a, a guy that probably didn't have a lot of opportunity there uh, <laughs> or even a lot of encouragement. So for people to give it to him, that, that was a pretty powerful moment to see. There was a, there was another one too that was kind of similar. It was uh, oh the the uh, the guy that plays the grandpa. Um, he kind of had is a so similar. Sad. Yeah, like he's like a hoarder now, uh, and it seemed like he was like for the most part he, he said he frittered his life away. I think that's the way he yeah. put it. And uh, and yeah, that that was that was pretty sad to see. But he also seemed like a man that was <coughs> was comfortable being alone and and being by himself. I don't know. It seemed because he even said himself he he likes. He he enjoyed that comfort, that that coziness of his life too. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be out there. I think that's why he didn't yeah, go to Manhattan out. with everybody. So,
1: but maybe he like, well, he comes to. He's at the weird outdoor thing at yeah, the. Yeah, he's, El- a, he's at the Alamo one. The right,
2: you're right, you're right.
1: I don't know. It is. It is very sad. I think he's dead now too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Even oh, that's after, a shame. Because oh. this movie's about ten years old now. Um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't know. There's like a few different moments that could be like the saddest moment in Troll Two, but a good contender is I'm just being like I frittered my life away. Although at least he's self aware about it. I think the guy being like this is the best moment of my life when a bunch of strangers. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying at all to like judge these people. Oh, for, for, for sure. A, not at all. What I'm just saying, like, wow, I wish your life had been happier, and I wish you liked yourself more. You don't seem that awful, and you really deserve something better than this weird thing you were briefly involved with. Yeah, and did really, you didn't really like have anything to do with it creatively. It wasn't really your, you know, you were just severely disturbed. Yeah, because it took you for a little bit. It, it gets and into how it's the crowning achievement of your life. It's like, ooh.
0: Yeah, it gets into a bit of an interesting discussion that happens surrounding just most documentaries in in general, and that is, are you in any way sort of, like, exploiting your subject? And I don't necessarily think that the kid is, because I feel like the kid is -hmm. is so deeply involved himself in bringing all of this back. But one thing, again, I don't think he expected was that I, I think he was a lot more ready for it than some of the people who he's asking to kind of re... You know, jump back into this and discover this. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. You, you can't help but feel during some of those sad moments that there's like a just a, a critic colleague of mine, Jake Cole, described it that he he feels watching this that even though you're seeing people who, in a lot of ways, have, you know, found success and that the project they've been in has found success, that you can't help but feel like you're watching some sort of uh, grotesque monkey's paw wish mm. uh, yeah, having become that's a good fulfilled. Way to put it that there's 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 a weird sort of dark side both to you know the 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 fandom itself for it that mm-hmm. you know a lot of these people who are obviously I- ironically enjoying the film that very quickly can turn into you know a, a more distanced exploitation especially when you get the real people involved and I do think that to the film's credit it does address this
2: yeah yeah for sure I don't know. I want to say I don't want to say it left a sour taste in my mouth by any means, but I guess there was some like the editing how that how they introduced was it Margo 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 um, how at the very end when they revealed the the voice thing mm-hmm. I don't know if it was played for comedy but I, it kind of was and it I don't definitely and played. and I mean in a way I'm not gonna lie to you I did find it a little funny because it's, it's amusing the timing of it is well that's why I mean well, maybe they played it for be. comedy right. Because sure. it
1: is played. I mean, I'm not saying it's being like horribly cruel to her necessarily, no. but it is no. played for comedy. I think yeah. if I was cutting it, if I had any control over it, I maybe, you know, you can leave it her being like, I want to go away somewhere. I don't want to be here. That gets it across without really sort of like showcasing her mental illness and her problems to be laughed at. I think because yeah. yeah. there's a bit in that same scene, she's like, you know, I just really want to, if I could do anything, I could. Because he's saying, like, what can we do to get you to come to this movie? And she takes this, like, what can we do to help you? What do you want? And she's like, I just want to go away somewhere where there are normal people and where I blah, blah. And it's like, you don't have to have her going, eee. It is fun. I mean, the, <laughs> your natural reaction is to laugh at that. But it's like, if that were someone I cared about in my own life. It was
0: like serious. Yeah, that would be terrifying. Right, right, yeah. right. Where's
1: the scene where her mom's making a face and where the, the we didn't talk about George Hardy does this impression of her mom that's really funny. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Old lady voice it ain't going to help you or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. The coat, funny, putting I mean, the coat whatever, on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> gonna, you like, I don't think that's like evil to make fun of an angry old lady, even if she's old and disabled no. and all that yeah.
2: stuff. It, and the way he does what it what is pretty playful too.
1: Yeah. But whereas the scene, I, that's probably the only scene in the movie that I do feel is kind of exploitative and uncomfortable because they're playing it. For
2: and she clearly is very disturbed. Yeah, definitely. And I, I guess I, I felt both ways there I felt like I laughed because I'm like that is the way that they presented it was amusing the timing and everything it felt like an office office episode honestly uh but then but then I thought about it and I'm like well you didn't you didn't need to (laughs) you know you didn't you didn't need to throw that in there to make her look crazier than she already looked I mean I don't mean crazy is a hard word but you know what I mean
0: but yeah and again it, it does sort of just feel like the the director of the documentary the child actor former child actor uh, again, it, it does just really feel like he he himself discovered this stuff, which mm-hmm. is, and he feels like he's got to show it. But yeah, uh, yeah. I as think as, Shannon, as Shannon pointed out, you really should have edited it differently in that just case. A bit. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's really. I think I don't even think. Yeah, including it wasn't the big thing. It was the way it was edited because I think they even they're like, "Where is Margot?" And then they're like, two days World earlier." Wacky. That, yeah. Whoa. Look how wacky Margot was. I'm like, okay. It, yeah, I get it, but it's a little <laughs> she distasteful. Whoa, yeah. That's yeah, funny. she That's yeah, funny. Right, exactly. Like, Bevin. she hears, like, screeching ghosts in her sleep. That's yeah.
0: awesome. And, and, and he is trying to... He is walking a fine line of walking, uh, like, a, a tongue-in-cheek sort of, like... This, this is uh, amusing and absurd And also deeply sad In, in its own respects And he does sure. I feel like that's just I guess the one element Where he doesn't walk the line As, as well as he does in other ones Because mm-hmm. the stuff with George mm-hmm. Hardy That we talked about Where he goes to the conventions And yeah, we, you, nails you, you, it. you just watch this Golden Retriever Like <laughs> deflate, deflate. <laughs> uh, in, in real time Where's my boom? Yeah and then and then, As Shannon pointed out too The ending of the film Was one of my favorite bits Of the documentary Where, where he asks him And you get to hear him Ask the question like, would you star in, in Troll, Troll three? three? And he's like, Oh hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I would one hundred percent see. Although I don't think you can capture the magic. Like, if, if well, we were a- to... apparently he's he's in uh, he because I th- I he's think trying to in... put together Goblin Two right now, which is all oh, wait, it's well, in, in yeah, post production. At,
2: at the end of the at oh. the end of the
0: documentary, they did say that
2: he's trying to make uh, Troll Two Part Two or whatever yeah well this might be it it
0: might be coming out 2018 apparently oh my god goblin 2 dude okay here's the thing
2: here's the thing i (laughs) i i will watch the hell out of that
0: (laughs) uh but
2: i i almost feel like it's gonna be one of those really disappointing kind of things like anchorman 2 you know what i mean like you just can't you just can't capture the magic that happened in the first one i mean anchorman was an intentionally funny film but i just mean it, it seems like when you try to you know Capitalize on something like this. It's it's just I don't think it's gonna work again because this was like lightning in a bottle. It was totally accidental. The yeah. fact that this became so good that it's or so bad that it's good, you know. So yeah. I don't C- think they cynical could redo recreation
0: it. never really does uh, benefit. Yeah, because <laughs> the they're gonna be
2: uh, they're gonna be self aware now. Like yeah. George
0: Hardy, this whole time
2: is gonna be like he's gonna, he gonna be, trying be smiling to be goofy the now, whole time. Yeah, yeah he's gonna. Yeah. I just like a dog it, yeah exactly he'd probably be like straight up a dog throughout <laughs> to be fair he's got great teeth Oh, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, man, he shows it throughout the... I don't think there's like a scene in that movie where he's not smiling, honestly. Yeah. I can't not I can't think of him uh, with a stern face. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I think that'll be it for talking about uh, Troll 2 and Best First Movie. This is Shannon where we enter the reductive rating round, uh, which is basically <laughs> where it's exactly what it sounds like. We take away all the nuance, all the words that we just spent discussing these films in depth and we reduce the films to a number between one and five that best represents how uh, you feel. Now, everyone is going to have their own rating system coming this to this. Hard. And this is... <laughs> This is a hard one, especially for uh, uh, for me, I guess, because I don't. My rating system. I have a very practiced style of analysis, working as a as a, a critic for however many years it's been. Right. Uh, but this <laughs> defies every sort of rubric I could have possibly created, and not that cinema <laughs> is math in any in any way either. But for real, uh, you know, I I can't analyze what that motif means. I can't, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's a totally different experience. So, uh, we're going to see how this goes, but we feel like, uh, so I feel like I'm, I'm not, usually I go first and reductive rating round, but I am going last this time. So okay. Shannon, uh, let's get your ratings between one and five. And if you want to, uh, why you, you came to those ratings.
1: Well, I mean, okay. And
0: we're doing both films
1: to me as like, a as critic and, uh, <laughs> Whatever it's like, I'm not trying to do any kind of objective analysis. No. on every single, you know, I and I, I you, think it's important to say that. And you I'm really can't really high rating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, no, you can't. I mean, I life is subjective. Our consumption is subjective. Some people want to pretend it's not. Whatever, they're wrong. It's very subjective. <laughs> and I and looking at these two movies as like, what have they brought to my life? What kind of experiences I ha- compared to any other movie I've seen in my whole life. I both give them a five out of five because I Whew. I uh, have seen Troll Two twice in theaters. Once on thirty five. That
2: would be both an experience. Both times were
1: amazing. Yeah. Um, and I just today uh, one of my best friends, De- my friend Devin, um, watched Best Worst Movie like last night, and he was, he was messaging me the whole time and was like getting upset at certain parts and laughing at other parts. And it's such a great, cool <laughs> thing about it's, it's such a great examination of like filmmaking and of art and of expression and of humanity and of real love and then ironic parasocial love. And it's also s- simply and sincerely put together. Like, I don't know if everyone would like Troll 2. Like, there's a scene where all the people in Alabama watch it and they're really confused. But I think <laughs> any one, <laughs> my best, worst movie. It's not at all insular. It's not, you know, any person who, w- can like, speaks English and likes watching movies can get the appeal of that. For sure. And I think that's really cool, too, I because I care a lot about accessibility. Um, I just, I I don't know if it's my favorite documentary. It's really high up there. Yeah. I just think it's really special, and I also, uh, the room was mentioned. I think the disaster artist is really gross for a lot of reasons, and I think Tommy was so is pretty clearly, in some ways, kind of controlling and abusive. And I don't, I like, I mean, I lo- I love going and seeing the room; it's fun. But I I feel really uncomfortable at all the about all the praise and attention he gets, that none of it's critical. Whereas I can watch this and not feel guilty. I don't think Claudio was particularly like crappy to the women or tried to ruin anybody's career or whatever. I don't feel I mean he's an asshole but I don't feel uncomfortable
0: and right. he doesn't
1: seem like abusive whereas Tommy Wiseau is I would not want to meet Tommy Wiseau or or interact with him at all.
0: Yeah, I was going to um, say I, I actually unfortunately have. I've have interviewed Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> uh Ugh. the dude the dude is is odd. Uh, yeah. that's basically all I can say about that. <laughs> the, the, the one line from our interview that I, I always think of is when, cause I, I honestly, I approached the interview. I was like, look, I'm not going to be mean to this dude. Like I genuinely, I've, I've been asked professionally to do this. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to approach him. Like I would approach any other director interview that I've done. Like with Alex Garland or anything. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, okay. I was like, Hey man, so you have obviously a very unique artistic voice. Like, tell me like, talk to me about that. And he was just like, yeah, as you can hear, I have a very distinct voice. <laughs> oh
1: and I, no. And, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh
2: no. I was so just,
0: Tommy. I was, ridiculous. I was red alert. I was red alert. Like I was, I just moved straight on to the next one. Don't
2: even bother. Yeah. No,
0: but yeah, I kind of feel similarly as, as you do about the disaster artist. I think that I enjoyed what, what, the screenwriters did with that with that film and i think that a better film would definitely tackle i mean i think about this about every biopic basically yeah. that <laughs> if, if you don't if you're afraid to tackle the icky side of the person you're For talking sure. about like why are you making a movie about I them like i just watched greatest showman like mm. f- uh the other week and i was like why even make a movie about pt barnum if you're not going to address the fact that uh <laughs> he was like a really really uh, uh, kind of grotesque grifter uh, <laughs> and he really you know misled these people in a lot of ways uh, and you know profited off of them uh, which the film does not address in any capacity it's just like oh he he's given them it's a, a helping hand mm-hmm. uh... whoa
1: i will say too i i very recently met greg sistero and he was really nice i didn't really interact with him i <laughs> oh, went to nice. a disaster yeah, artist screening and i got my copy of the book signs nice and very did sweet. not stay for the movie because i had seen it and i don't like it <laughs> and did <he, laughs> the q a and everything before and the guys running it were like oh you're gonna stay right we're gonna i'm like uh, <laughs> I'm see i just want I, I have the book here oh he lot. seemed very nice and normal and like he's been trapped in this and he might as well take advantage of it
0: this is the longest reductive rating round ever, but Shannon, I have to ask you: Do you like? Do you, uh, have you ever seen Ed Wood?
1: I haven't. I, sh- I know I've because I really got to be I much more world.
0: enjoy Ed Wood to the Disaster Artist, and Ed Wood also has the biopic issue of it uh, not addressing Ed Wood's uh, alcoholism yeah. and a couple other things that he did that was was wrong. But what the movie does really get right is, you know, the the, the magic of you know genuine pure expression of someone. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, by all intents and purposes, otherwise, Ed Ed Wood was a a pretty generous collaborator when it came to his actual on screen time. Um, it's just you know, outside of working, he wasn't necessarily the best dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie, though, your ratings. Um. Okay. I'm going to just start, I'll start with Best Worst
2: Movie, because okay. that's easier for me to rate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go with a four out of five for Best Worst Movie. Nice. Um, some of it was like, I think some of it was a little, um, the, I don't, I don't know how, the approach to it, like the, some of the audio was a little weak in parts. I felt it could have been a little bit more just professionally done, technically,
0: mm. uh,
2: but it doesn't really matter to me in a sense because, like, the what, what we're following is. Honestly, I, so I kind of like that it was haphazardly, yeah, sort of like. It works. <laughs> I mean, it's Troll 2, so I guess, yeah, it kind of works, too. Um, so it, it really didn't bother me. That was just something I did notice. You know, just following these people was so fascinating after you see Troll 2 and question life. Just watching all of these characters kind of come to terms with their ironic fame and. Uh, you know, watching Hardy do d- go through his journey of <laughs> of kind of like, oh, I love being famous, but I don't know if I want to be famous for this specifically. <laughs> it's it, he's so it's in such a mixed bag. Um, there was some real devastating <coughs> moments with uh, certain cast members that were, you know, pretty sad. But it just brought more humanity to the film as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was really good. I was gonna I'm gonna give that one a four out of five. Uh, as for Troll Two. I like I get on letterbox. I gave it a three. I gave it a three out of five. Now that isn't because I think it's not like, because I was so entertained. Like if I, (laughs) if I was just rating this thing, you know, completely subjectively, I guess I probably could give it a a four honestly, (laughs) but I don't know. I I'm still in this weird holds you back. I'm still in this weird mindset where I don't know how to approach films when I rate them like this, you know, like, like, I get. I do like the room. Uh, yeah. I did. I, those. These are the only two movies I've really seen that are the.
0: So bad it's good or whatever. Well, you, you, oh man, you got to go down some Ed Wood rabbit holes at some point. Oh, is Ed
2: Wood
1: so you bad? You got to watch good? things. Yeah. Oh no 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 no, 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 the no, no not, the, not, not the
0: film, but the film but is a, the film is about Ed Wood and Ed Wood's actual movies oh, were god awful. Oh, but he had such a great time making the man and all the people are were so nice who made them and you're just oh, like okay you gotta, okay yeah, yeah I'll have to look into that. for And sure. Ed, Ed, Ed Wood was the disaster artist before they actually made the before disaster artist. Okay okay now yeah now the disaster.
2: Disaster Artist, I didn't. I gave that one a three when I yeah, watched it. Yeah. I thought there was some. It just wasn't truthful enough, to be quite honest. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't dive into the right things. Uh, Best Worst Movie definitely dove into all the right things. <laughs> uh, and then the Troll Two, uh, it's so entertaining. I'm having a tough time. You're gonna
0: agonize over it. I'm
2: gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a three for now. <laughs> Let it sink a little. But I I have a I, mean, I have a strong feeling it could go up to a
0: 4. I, I feel I feel pretty similarly cuz
2: having watched I just both of these for the first it yet, time I, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And and I'm still getting used to it. <laughs> uh so but it's it's top tier. Like it like the 3 comes from like a objective like this bad movie could have been a 1 just it didn't entertain me. It was objectively bad, but the 3 is like just All the entertainment. top <laughs>
0: yeah exactly.
2: It's the top bad, you know, so I don't know. it's it's hard for me to explain it. yeah, but. I
0: feel pretty similarly. I'm gonna give uh I'm gonna give troll two a three. I feel like just for me, uh again, I feel like this though, and I'm gonna qualify this entirely with this is just a me thing. yeah, this is this is entirely that. I have never gotten watching films like this for the entertainment and I feel and I, I honestly watching best worst movie made me wish that I had I wished I was one of the people who went to these screenings and was like I'll, I'm so into this I love it I love every second but for me like those movies are like just the movies that I genuinely think are the best movies we actually watched for next week's show we watched heat in a theater this week. Uh, and like that for me like I wish the reaction I had to heat which is just like just pure like ecstatic joy I wish that that experience that I had for that for example applied to troll Two. like it seems to do for so many other people see I think if 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 I (laughs) were to
2: see it though in theater with the 35 millimeter and people are like going at it and laughing their asses off and stuff I I mean I get it I totally get it it's when, it's when I start to rate it. That's when I don't know how to feel about it anymore. It's
0: just the so theater weird. experience vibe I feel like would be very beneficial to this film. Yeah. Because sitting in a room with a bunch of sweaty people who are all having a good time is honestly a much better sounding thing than I just made it sound. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give Troll 2 a 3. Uh, and I'm actually also going to give uh, Best Worst Movie uh, a 3. And that for me only comes from... I, I don't even know. I, it's just it's just the way that I feel. Ratings for me are more of a feeling thing than they are like an analysis thing. Oh, okay. Uh, and watching both these movies, that's just kind of kind of how I felt about them. But I do feel like was the there same, something that I,
2: was lacking in best worst movie? I'm just. Uh, Do you know what, the way you
0: guys have described it has made it sound, has made it better for me, the way Mm. that we've kind of dove into some of the more sadness. I feel like I just didn't, I didn't feel that while I was actually watching the film. You
1: didn't feel it when you saw a man say, i frittered my life away?
0: No, (laughs) but do (laughs) you you know what, do you know what, here's (laughs) the thing, I I did feel it, but I I felt it less on, like, I felt it more for Margot, which I felt Mm, was less the movies doing than it was her as a subject, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um... But I do feel similar to Jamie in that rewatching these films with these things that we've talked about in mind, i I can definitely see myself going up on both of these yeah. films.
2: Like I kind of want to show people troll. I now. honestly
0: <laughs> feel bad that I watched these films Good. like right, yeah. right before we, uh, we recorded because I feel like my ratings would be different if we talked about it in like a week, but I watched both of these movies just like back to back over the last two days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah, I think that's going to be it for this week's episode. Uh, Shannon. Thanks so much for coming on. If you have anything to plug, this is the place to do it.
1: I do. I am on uh, Twitter at Plenty of Alcoves and also at Strucci Movies. And I um, have a YouTube channel called Strucci Movies. And if you look up So You Want to Be a Film Nerd or Shannon Strucci or any, it's it's not hard to find it. I also work uh, sometimes with Bomber Guy. We have a video out uh, in a series called Scanline, and we're working on something else that will hopefully be out oh, it's this secret. month. That I uh, a secret video on. that I can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's gonna be really interesting, I'll say that. But uh cool.
0: Well I'm excited to check that out. And yeah. also make sure to check out if you go and check out uh Shannon's YouTube over at Strucci Movies, check out her Hannibal video. Because as a Ooh. huge Thank you. As a huge Hannibal fan, die hard. yes, the Ooh, Hannibal TV, the show. TV show. Uh one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um Shannon did a really good dissection of of <laughs> of that film and the central relationship in it. Nice. Uh so definitely give a look to that one um yeah thanks so much for coming on as always i'm josh lewis you can find me at, at the josh l jamie
2: i'm jamie miller uh at jamie miller acas acas
0: uh once again guys if you're listening on itunes it would be really awesome if you guys could go over there and give us a good old rating and review please uh, do and uh for patrons all of you who are subscribing you guys have a brand new episode coming to you guys just next week and that's going to be a special episode of uh one of my all-time favorite films heat Uh, first time we're talking about Michael Mann, very excited about it. Uh, for anyone who follows me on Twitter, you know exactly why. Um, and we're going to be pairing it with Catherine Bigelow's Point Break starring Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, which is a hell of a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so patrons, you guys can look forward to that episode next week. Um, for free listeners, you will see us again in two weeks where we're going to be having a special guest on to talk cruising and Vice Squad to mm. uh, sort of uh I don't know, boiled I don't
2: know what those are at all. Uh, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I haven't seen either of them yet
0: either, but they, are, they look like some pretty heavy exploitation. Uh, Beautiful. So we're going to be getting into that. Thanks so much again, guys, for listening. Uh, keep it sleazy. Keep
3: it sleazy.